0: It's that time again, another episode of the Press Box is here, I'm Moose Michaels, and today we talk with the general manager of the Nashville Sounds, a gentleman by the name of Adam Noose, who incidentally is also a friend of mine that I knew back up in my days in Kentucky when he was the general manager of the Bowling Green Hot Rods. We have since both made our way down to Tennessee. And today, Adam and I talk about what it's like being part of a minor league organization, what the sounds have been up to, and how he got his start in professional baseball. Adam, how you doing, man? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. No problem. Uh, You and I uh, both, uh, well, you're not from Bowling Green, Kentucky, but we both work there at the same time. So, I've I've known you for for quite a bit, but you were at the Bowling Green Hot Rods, and now you're at the Oakland Athletics, and uh, so we're just going to talk a little bit about baseball. Perfect. Awesome. My favorite
1: subject, one of my favorites.
0: <laughs> well, I, I got to bring this up real quick, and I, like I said, we both worked in Bowling Green at one time, and we did a golf scramble together. And I need you to explain why your team was blasting uh, Sophie B. Hawkins as I lay me down across the golf course.
1: You know, one of the uh, fun things about minor league baseball is you work with uh, some unique personalities, and uh, one of them was our uh, groundskeeper, John Guides, who. Is down in Waco, Texas now, but um, a a really unique guy, unique personality, knows his golf uh, really well. Loved loved playing golf. He's a great golfer, uh, but he also uh, didn't like to wear shoes, even when he was out mowing. Uh, our HR director absolutely hated it because he never wear shoes when he was mowing. <laughs> she thought for sure that was a workman's co- claim coming. But but even in golf, he liked to take his shoes off and. And uh, and so he's out, shoes off, and and he liked his music blaring, and and that's what worked for him. And I think, I think that tournament. It's been a while, but I feel like we played out of our minds, and and absolutely. You beat us. Came in the close to the run, and I don't think we won it, but whatever works, <laughs> if it takes uh, blaring some music and no shoes to. To get the hole in the cup, then then we were supporting them, and we had a great time.
0: You know, I may have to try that the next time I'm out on the course, is get like Sophie B. Hawkins' greatest hits. Yeah, just, me too. You know, I've never
1: tried it again until you reminded me of it. I may. Maybe that's the
0: cure. Well, and, and by the way, what is it about golf and baseball? They, I mean, obviously two different sports, but they seem like they go together. A lot of golfers used to be ex-baseball players, and a lot of baseball players, when they get done, end up being golfers.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, I have a seven-year-old son who who uh, is into little league baseball, but he also loves golf. And uh, from my side of it, I want him to be a better baseball player. So I think anytime he starts doing the golf swing, uh, his baseball swing kind of messes up. Uh, so it's unique that I don't think the swing, swings are similar enough, but they can also be terrible for each other. So a lot of times you'll see the pitchers be really good at golf because. A lot of times the pitchers are the ones that need that have five days off and and more rest. They get a little bored so they go out and start playing golf. But a lot of times hitting and golf um can be just enough different that it can mess each other up. So um I think the the goal for anybody should be to be a pitcher so you can still keep your golf game.
0: Well, you you know that golf scramble we were just talking about, right before we did that, um the the station I was working for up there uh I ended up getting a golf lesson from Kenny Perry because prior to that golf scramble I had never played golf in my life. Really? And uh Kenny Perry said he would he would give me uh he'd give me a a couple of lessons. So I'd get out there, we went down his his golf course and uh we went out to the, the driving range and I and I hit some balls and he he just started falling over laughing because all I could hit it straight and just a little bit to the left. And he said, that I should be very proud of that. I, I couldn't hit it like, you know, I'm not, I'm not knocking it 300 yards or nothing. But it was a fair piece down the fairway or the, or the driving range. And he goes, you have the goofiest swing I've ever seen, but you should never change it because I don't know if you could ever hit it like that any other way.
1: <laughs> so if,
0: if you see me out on the golf course, I about spin myself into the ground. It's the craziest thing. So I don't play very often because I always get laughed at, but I love going out there and playing.
1: Yeah, that's a... Uh especially around here there's some great golf courses and and always fun to get out and
0: hit them Absolutely um well like I said you were the uh, you're, you you want you weren't were you are the general manager at the Nashville Sounds and uh I know at one point I was I was kind of looking around at the the scouting stuff on the side or the scouting side of baseball and a, a lot of people that have been involved in baseball in one way or the other that end up not getting into uh to the minor leagues or to the you know even on up to the major leagues it's it's so difficult a lot of them go on to the front office side so kind of kind of what was your story and how did you get started uh doing that in 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 the baseball systems
1: Yeah so a little bit unique I um, always wanted to play baseball and I didn't have the ability quite after high school I, I thought in my head that I was a lot better athlete than I was so I tried to go up to University of Oklahoma and try to play football, uh, probably would have had a better chance playing baseball, Uh, but either way, I was completely out of my league uh, from a talent standpoint, and right about that same time, there was a new ballpark uh, being built by Nolan Ryan back in my hometown of Round Rock, Texas, so that was 99, 2000, and so I had an opportunity to meet the general manager uh, for the Round Rock Express. At that point, his name was Jay Miller and started talking to him about, hey, what, is, what does it take to get into this business? And, and uh, he helped me get a, an internship that, that sophomore year of college. Uh, so I spent that internship. Then next year went to Oklahoma City Redhawks, then worked in college athletics for a little bit, ran a, another team for Nolan Ryan down in Corpus Christi for about 10 years uh, before I came up to... Bowling Green to run the, the single-A team for Tampa Bay Rays for two seasons, and then been here. Uh, this is my third season now, so um, it's been a journey. It, it sometimes feels like yesterday that I was being an intern with the Round Rock Express, but um, but it's next thing you know. You look up and kind of one foot in front of the other for 18, 19 years, and, and here we are in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, running what I believe – Best minor league baseball stadium in the country.
0: Well, I, I got to ask you. You know, then for people who don't know, the Bowling Green Hot Rods were the single A, well, the low single A affiliate at the Tampa Bay Rays. Of course, the Sounds are the uh, AAA affiliate of the uh, Oakland Athletics. What's what's the biggest difference between the two running both organizations?
1: You know, certainly uh, I've run the business side of it, so very uh, clearly I can tell a difference, and we're we're marketing the one and a half, two million people here compared to 50,000 people in Bowling Green. Um, so it's nice to have access to people to get the ballpark full. And uh, and one of the interesting things is that our stadium here holds 7,500 fixed seats. And up there in Bowling Green, even though the attendance or the uh, population is significantly different, there was 4,500 fixed seats. So our ballpark wasn't uh, proportionally built, In my opinion. So uh, it was a lot. It took a lot to fill that 4,500 seat stadium Mm -hmm. for 50,000 people. We're here uh, to get 10,000 people to a Nashville Sounds game. Uh, Those happen quite a bit. We end up having close to half of our games, uh, half of our 70 games as sellouts. So we reach that 10,000 a lot easier uh, down here in Nashville than it. And certainly back in Bowling Green, it was much more of a challenge.
0: We're talking with Adam Noose, the general manager of the Oakland Athletics, uh, AAA affiliate Nashville Sounds. Now, what's it like sharing your ballpark with the uh, Nashville Soccer Club? Were you involved in that in any way? I I am. And uh, it was
1: my idea originally to to do something like this, mainly because uh, a friend of mine from college, Court Jeske, Uh, He is the CEO of the soccer club, but we went to college together at University of Oklahoma when they announced that he got the job. We went and grabbed uh, some breakfast at Biscuit Love and kind of threw out the idea, hey, we should play these games at our ballpark. And at the time, he was pretty passionate about uh, trying to get a, a temporary stadium built over at the fairgrounds we kind of kept the discussions going and hoping that uh, that we'd come to realization at some point that that our facility was pretty much made for it, and uh, they wouldn't have to spend four or five million dollars on a temporary facility. They could just come right in and and operate until they became MLS, which was at the time kind of felt like a, a far-fetched dream of theirs to make it make turn into that MLS team. But uh, as we all know. Uh, they were able to accomplish that pretty quick. And overall, I think the partnership between the two has been fabulous. It's opened up our ballpark to to soccer fans, to to people that might not be baseball fans. And I think uh, vice versa, we've helped them out quite a bit on uh, helping to generate their fan base.
0: Very cool. Now, now, a lot like you, I'm a baseball nut. And one of the things I'm always explaining to people that aren't baseball fans is, Exactly why there's a minor league system for baseball and how it works, and why there's minor league, uh, why there's a minor league system as opposed to straight to uh, the main sport like there are in some of the uh, other athletics around the country. But from a general manager's uh, point of view, and a guy that's been involved, why are the minor leagues important to baseball in general?
1: You know, our uh, manager two two seasons ago, Ryan Christensen, made the comment that uh, to make it to the big leagues because it's one hundred and 62-game season, so it's a long season. Uh, he said you, they don't need them to be great. They need them to be good every day. And uh, and I think that's really what the minor leagues is trying to build for these guys is to learn how to be good every day. And uh, some of them playing in college, they play, what, 40 or 50 games. Uh, that adjustment to playing every day, uh, they'll play 162 games in about 170 days. So you've got to be on every day and you've got to kind of train yourself how to be good every day because as soon as you're bad for any decent amount of time, then they're going to find somebody else that can come in, fill your spot, take your spot. And uh, and so the minor league system, I think a lot of people underestimate the process that it takes to get through it. Uh, most of these guys are five or six years into playing for... An organization until they actually make it to the big leagues, and and that's certainly if you're lucky, because a lot of these guys are unbelievable athletes and uh, trying to to be good every day for six years. Only the best can survive that, and and I think it's the way that they weed them out and get them ready for the next
0: level. How do you feel about all the new rule changes they keep trying out in the minor leagues? Have, are you guys doing the uh, man on second? We and are, and you
1: know. Um, I got to vote on that, and it was interesting because when I saw the vote come across, I was like, "I don't, I don't understand how it even got this far." I thought so many baseball purists would would have shot that down before it even got to this level, but I was all for it. I think it's great for uh, the level that we're at. I, um, it hadn't been as controversial as I thought it would be, but um, I think there's nothing worse than because we have a limited staff, a limited 24, 23 players, so if you run through your pitching staff, you start throwing your second baseman, and uh, there's nothing worse than making your fans watch 18 innings of baseball, and the last three of them is uh, our second baseman, Melvin Mercedes, throwing 63 miles an hour, and um, (laughs) I don't think that's what the game was created for, and there's just some of those days that, that it's not working and neither teams are scoring runs and the game keeps extending. So I think the new format, I think really helps save the arms and, um, and kind of speeds up the game a little bit for our
0: fans. Well, that baseball arm, one of the most precious commodities, uh, in the sport. I was down at the uh, Chattanooga lookouts, uh, back earlier in the season or no, no, was it last You No, it was last year. We were there for their second longest game they've ever had in the history of the team. It went 22 innings, and then by the end of the game, they were uh, both teams had been. They were just working their way down the bench until somebody finally hit a walk off home run. And uh, as big of a baseball fan as I am, I, I have to admit, I'm thinking, I'm like, this is nuts. They gotta, they just at at some point, someone's got to do something.
1: Yeah, and certainly when it reaches that point, it's probably not good for the hitters either because they're used to seeing. Ninety-five miles an hour fastball, and and trying to adjust to that sixty-mile an hour slow stuff, they have a hard time kind of adjusting to that, and it can't be good for them. Can't be good for the pitchers. Um, so I'm happy they made that that change. One funny story is that we had our uh, catcher Bruce Maxwell, who's been up with the Oakland A's mm-hmm. all year, and he came back uh, on a rehab assignment, and he was catching, went to extra innings, and our manager had to jump out uh try to delay the game for a second to explain to Bruce that somebody was on second and it was cuz Bruce has never seen that he hadn't been here all year they're not incorporating that at the big league level yet and uh and so they had to one of those things that as a managers they probably don't think uh that he, they need to explain that to him but something that certainly popped up in the game situation and and I can't remember the outcome of it, but uh, I'm sure he was appreciative to have somebody tell him that somebody was
0: on second. Well, yeah, I mean that would be weird. You go out there to start your inning, you look up, and there's already a guy sitting on second. Like, what the heck's this guy doing? Yeah. It's. Uh, do you do you ever get a chance? Do you ever have to deal with Billy Bean at all?
1: You know, we we do uh, usually just a couple times a year, but this year is kind of a unique year that uh, every so we signed a four year agreement with the Oakland A's to. A player development contract and uh, this is the last year of that player development contract so we went out to Arizona during spring training and met with him and talked through uh, kind of the process of getting that renewed and kind of what uh, both sides were kind of looking to accomplish And uh, but a great guy I think very similar to what the movie portrays as far as um, I felt like we were having a pretty important meeting we were dressed up a little bit, and uh, he was wearing cargo shorts and flip-flops and very casual. <laughs> popped his feet up on the conference room table, and uh, just a great guy, real personable, real down-to-earth, and uh, and doesn't seem to take himself too serious, kind of like the movie uh, certainly indicates.
0: And, and if you don't know who we're talking about, Billy Bean, uh, at, well, he's uh, – Adam's talking about the movie Moneyball. Billy Bean, at the time, was the general manager of the Oakland Athletics. He's, what, the president of baseball operations now? He is. Yeah, and uh, so that's, uh, he's kind of the head guy over the athletics. And, well, speaking of the sounds, Adam, uh, give us an update. How are they doing this season?
1: You know, doing pretty well. I think uh, one of our main goals is to get the guys up to the big leagues, and we've certainly, that's one of the hard things about being affiliated with Oakland is uh, they like their minor league talent, so they Call them up quite a bit, uh, so we lose a lot of guys to the big leagues, but uh, that's ultimately what we're here for. So we get excited for them. But uh, we've been kind of floating right there in second place most of the, most of the season. The Triple A team for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals kind of been running away with it most of the year. And the Redbirds we've kind of been chasing those guys, and uh, they were really good last year, really good again this year, which doesn't typically happen. A lot of times. If a minor league team's good one year, they're not going to be very good the next. And uh, the Cardinals seem to just keep rebuilding.
0: Thanks for listening to the Press Box. I'm Moose Michaels. Don't forget, you can always catch this episode and all past episodes, plus many other great shows on our podcast center at rock937online.com. You can also check us out on iTunes. Just search for the Press Box. Be sure to leave us a uh, good review and uh, be sure to subscribe there as well. Until next time, I'm Moose Michaels. You drink a brewski for the mooski. I'm out.